Well, welcome to, uh, to the Bones of Advertising. I'm Craig McLeod. I'm John Douglas. And this is going to be the first in a, uh, a podcast series that John and I are going to put together and uh, we'll cover a number of topics uh, each week. And today, JD, what kind of bone would you like to pick over today? I have a hell of a bone to pick. I've got a bone to chew over that's got a lot of meat on it. And I think it's the kind of meat that a lot of people would like to sink their teeth into. So if anyone wants to comment, please uh, uh, join in the conversation. Um, and if you want to keep your opinions to yourself, then feel free to do that too. Yeah, definitely. Um, feel free to keep your opinions to yourself if you'd like. We'd love to hear yes. from you. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. Don't talk to us. I, I, I think there is a, 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 I'd like to talk about marketing in isolation. And I think there is a, I think there is a very real danger when we, when we've got people who are in isolation, in lockdown, that they they start to believe that their worldview is the worldview. And so you, you kind of get, if, you, if you're not in a position where you have to bounce ideas off other people, if you're not in a position where you regularly get to stress test any of your ideas or any of your thoughts, then the only person you end up kind of bouncing the ideas off is yourself. And if that happens, then everyone starts to believe that their, their brand is an extension of themselves because they need an expressive, you know, um, uh, out. Uh, yeah, and I'm a writer, so I should know that word, you would think. Yeah, um, they, didn't, they need yeah. an outlet. They need to test JD. That's the key. They need to be able to put those ideas in front of other people for comment. Yeah. Yep. And that is that I think is the is the it's one of the big things that we that a lot of marketers, a lot of businesses, smaller businesses. I mean, I think there are there are large businesses that do marketing very very well. Uh, strange. I know. I mean, given that that we actually do advertising and marketing, that this this sense that if we didn't do it, it's shit. You know, like the that yeah. whole lovely. I'm a writer, and, and and my 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 whole idea of other people's writing is, I didn't do it, therefore it's no good. Um, but there are there are businesses that do marketing very very well. You know, like yeah, as much as Google and Facebook are. Uh, you know they've, they've they've risen to world domination and you know have the whatever opinion you hold about them, they do marketing incredibly well. Uber does marketing very well. Like there's big businesses that do marketing incredibly well. Yeah. But there are there are people who there are businesses, smaller, medium-sized businesses that are so busy doing stuff that they actually don't get a chance to consider what the, uh, what the structures and frameworks that they, that they should have in place that would help them get through difficult times, such as the one, the difficult time we're going through now. If the, if, if they don't have those structures in place, then 
you know, you're kind of doomed to failure and, and, and that sense of, it, in a way, and I know I'm kind of all over the place, as I said, there's a lot of meat on this particular boat. Um, the, 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 the thing with this isolation that we've, the physical isolation we've got at the moment is, is a, in a way a metaphor for the danger of marketing in isolation. Yeah. And I, I think marketing is about connecting with people. And if you're not connecting with people in your physical sense, there's a real danger that your marketing actually won't be connecting with people in a figurative sense. And that's, that's, what, that's what marketing has to be. Like it, marketing is all about reaching out and connecting with the right people with the right message at the right time and having them buy more of your product. Exactly. Tell me yeah. how you're connecting in, in these times, JD. What, what is it you're doing right now to make sure you're staying connected? A thousand cups of coffee. I have, uh, no, seriously, I have, a, I have a theory. I, I think there is an opportunity for people to reach out and have cups of coffee, virtual cups of coffee with as many people as they can. Yep. Um, I always, I've always found that people, people love to connect with other people and marketers especially love to connect with other people like we're connecting people because that's kind of the business we're in like we're we're people 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 persons person people people, people. and people people and i i think the the more opportunities you can give yourself to chat to people a you stay in you know top of mind and uh you know that that's always good from a business point of view for me that's always been a, a a good way of introducing myself to people of making people aware of of what i do that's kind of my uh, uh communication strategy is rather than send people unsolicited mail i'll ring them and go and have a chat to them yeah and you know just try and figure out what they're how can i add value and you're the same you know like how how can how can I use what I've got to add value to what you need? Yeah, and you know that that is, is a I don't I don't know about every other marketer, but I've worked in sales for a long time when I was a, a much younger person, and the, it always seems to me that the the sales and marketing are, are two sides of the same coin, and it's all about it's like a good salesperson is not about you should, how can I get you to buy my product? It's how can my product help you live a better life? I think that's that, completely right, JD. And as you know, my background is, is all sales. That's, that's where, where I sort of came to be. But it's really important, I think, to understand as well that from a sales perspective, particularly in this time, You've got to understand what's the right thing to be saying to people. And this comes back to your comment about marketing and communicating. You've got to make sure you know what it is that you want to sell. You can't go out there and impress your brand on people right now and say, buy me, buy me, buy me. There's big things going on out there. And you've got to be aware of that. You've got to be yeah. able to measure your approach and you've got to make sure you have a really clear focus on what you want to talk to people about right now, because it's, 
going to be very difficult to go out there and say, buy me. It's probably more around going out there and saying, how are you? How are you going? Yeah. How are you coping in this particular space? And really building that rapport with people and letting them know that you do actually have an interest in them rather than just wanting to get money from them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there is, there is also that, that sense of, uh, given the economy is, um, has, has taken a, a very high dive off a very tall cliff. Um, it has. Yeah. <laughs> I think people are more aware of the money side of it. Yeah. And, and there, there, there is a, there's a, there's a transparency to a lot of uh, um, communications that are coming out of the government. Like I was interesting. I was watching Lee Sales on um, uh, uh, on the telly last night, um, and she was interviewing Scott Morrison. And Scotty was I want to say Scotty from marketing. I love I love the fact that he is so transparently just about himself. Yep. I mean, he's, he's obviously, he obviously cares about, you know, doing the right thing. And I don't know who's um, uh, uh, advising him, but I think he's come late to the party, but I think he's kind of, you know, he's finding his feet at the moment. He's galloping right but now. He had, yeah, he has said, we should, what, let's, like, he's obviously trying to talk things up. He's trying to get things. He understands that the economy needs to get moving. Yeah. And so, and people need to need to feel positive and optimistic about the about the, the the economy. And he's like, okay, so we could do let's do this. And and Lee Sales, who I think is a terrific uh, interviewer, was kept kept like, oh yeah, but what about like she kept trying to drag drag down this kind of you know this prince of optimism yep. into the nitty gritty of the world. It's like, no, I want to. I want to get optimistic. Let him speak. <laughs> Let him actually have some positivity. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big believer as well is not, not to undermine what's going on, but to let people know that there is optimism. There is some positivity that we've got to look at because if we don't, if we just preach doom and gloom, and I, and I know it's serious, yeah. but people will, will believe that en masse. What we've got to do is say that there will be some positivity in the future and we've got to look to that and now plan for that yeah yeah absolutely like get the put the put the the pieces in place that when we eventually come out so i was having an interesting chat with a with a with a mate of mine another cup of coffee this morning um One thousand. yeah <laughs> i've i've just got a, i've got a goal i want to have 50 cups of coffee with people before the whole thing's over 50. Just virtual coffee, virtual chats. I think fifty. I think fifty is a. So we've like, scaled it, scaled it back a bit. I, I think I think a thousand maybe. I mean, <laughs> a thousand would be that's a that's a year in isolation. <laughs> that's a lot of coffee, mate. And that would be that would be just me ringing complete strangers and saying, "I just want to talk to someone." Yeah, like, indeed. Like, yeah, 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 there'd be there'd be people, you know, labourers out in sunshine going, "Why is this guy calling me for a cup of coffee?" <laughs> um, but the, yeah, I think I think 50, 50 cups of coffee. But yeah. I, I I think the um, if we if you're not spending the time now, 
getting ready for what happens afterwards and after this situation. And, and as much as we don't know what the future is going to be like, we have, we saw the whole panic buying thing yeah. when there was this sense that something, some serious shit was about to go down. Yeah. Everyone went out and bought toilet paper and yeast. Now, I don't uh, know if the and pasta. I've got no idea what toilet paper and yeast. Like they're gonna like, eat a lot of bread, which means they'll shit a lot more, so they need to <laughs> maybe maybe everyone's silly acting they don't know it. Like it's just, you know, bread's just yeah, whatever. Yeah. But we saw that happen when the when the world was about to, you know, go all pear shaped and you know, and while videos in supermarkets of of people fighting over, you know, a four pack of dunny roll kept us entertained for a while. Yeah. I think the I think the understanding that human nature will be human nature. When people panic and they go into lockdown, there's going they they exhibit behaviour that you probably if you'd thought about it would it would make sense. Yeah. And personal opinion only, I think once the once we get out of lockdown, once we get once we're allowed to go and visit friends, once we're allowed to go to pubs, once we're allowed to have steak and chips again with a beer in front of a telly, watching the footy with a mate, there is going to be a shitload of people going to a pub, ordering steak and chips, having beer. Yeah. Yep. And and I, I think I think good businesses who service those you know those those industries and those products and those the businesses that sell those products, there's going to be it's not going to be panic buying, it's going to be like like a rejoice a a a, a, a celebration of capitalism. Yep. It's going to break out all over the place. Like it's going to, I want to buy that and I want to buy that. I want to buy that and I want to drink that and I want to eat that. And, you know, yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of, like, I, I want to surround myself with all this stuff that I haven't been able to surround myself with. And I, I'm, if, the, if businesses are not ready for that enormous explosion of what's about to happen when people get released from jail, like... Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've got a I've, my dog. I walk my dog every morning, and you walk around the park, and um, uh, with the with the the lovely lady Douglas, she's always with me. She's delightful. Um, uh, <laughs> Ange was saying this morning. Ange was saying this morning. It's like the same people you see walking around the park at the same time with the same dog every morning. They're like people you see in jail. It's like you're in lockdown too. Yeah. And when this is all over, I'm never going to see you again. Yeah. So there is that, there is this, there is this sort of sense that we'll be released, we'll be free, and we really need to be looking at how we will react, how the market will react when, we, when we're unshackled. Yeah. And there will be a lot of businesses that will want, I think, that will want to, like, it's, it'll be like a, um, a Crown Casino had just let go however many thousands of people, you know, they've just 
but all pubs everywhere are decimating. But they're going to want to get people coming back and buying their product. And so there will be this explosion of people wanting advertising and, and, and they'll, be, they'll be throwing money at, come, we're open, come and buy stuff from us. Yeah, get back and, in the and, Yeah, and if the, and you, would you be able to have a voice? Will your voice be heard in that? So if you're a small to medium business, Will your voice be heard if if the if the size of the if the hundred percent of them of the of the advertising spend the advertising like just cacophony of advertising messages that will be coming at people at the end of this? If you can only afford 0.5 of a percent of that share of voice, what chance have you got of being heard? with everyone else shouting. Yeah. So how do you get how do you get in front of that? How do you get how do you get known and liked and and be relevant to the people who are who are your who are most likely to want to buy from you? How do you get in front of that just massive wave of shouting? And I I think smart marketers will be operational and trying to get messages out there early. Yeah. So they can so they can have preference when the wave breaks. So they're not they're not competing in a in a in this massive kind of just this shit fight that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna be you know rolling over everyone and they can they can they can build preference before it happens and then they can ride through that wave while everyone else is shouting and then I can come out the other end and say, Hey, remember we were there. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like there's a, um, I think there's an, I think there's an opportunity for people to not go into marketing isolation the same way we're in physical isolation. So I the, think we need to share our promises. The time now is to plan, to work on brand, and to ensure that when the wave is at its crest, when it's about to break, when we're about to break out of all of this, and as you say, when people are ready to start to go back and do the things they haven't been able to do before, to be in a position where they've prepared whilst we're in marketing yep. lockdown, they've worked on brand, they've communicated to their customer without those pathetic emails we've seen about being cared for by a billion different brands that couldn't give a shit about me at any other time, but all of a sudden they're worried about me from a Corona perspective. But outside of that, they've planned during this downtime, they've communicated appropriately. So they've spoken to their customers, but then when the time comes for the wave to break, they're ready to go with a message that's going to cut through the clutter. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed, and if you look at the and the stuff that people can be doing, like the um, if you look at what what the market is, and the market, yes, the market's going to shrink, and there's going to be less, you know, uh, there's going to be less market share for everyone. There's going to be less margin, and there's going to be like there will be a there will be an impact on the market, but market forces, as 
you know, our friend, Mr. Ritson has said the market force is the market force. The market is the market and the market won't change. It hasn't changed for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It's not about to change now. Yeah. People's behavior, people's purchase behavior, people buying the, the things that make people want to buy the latest, shiniest thing or the most um, uh, familiar thing, the thing that makes them feel comfortable, the thing that makes them feel interesting, the thing that makes them feel like they've got an interesting story to tell, that won't change. So if that's not going to change, what are we doing to prepare for when that happens? So there's, what's your, what will the market be? The, the makeup of the market will be kind of, it's like when you come back into a, um, uh, when footy goes into that, uh, that three week break in the middle, you know, the AFL goes into that three week break and you've got that, uh, uh, we, this is where we went in, but we don't really know where we're going to be, what the ladders are going to look like at the end of that three-week break because different teams aren't playing and it's all over the place. And, yep. and, so, and it feels a bit like that. It feels a bit like, the, like this last season before, you know, Black Friday, whatever, bloody, whatever you want to call it, yep. that, um, you know, when the shitstorm hit, like, like what was the – we know what the, what the ladder positions were when we went – out of that season, but we've had a break, you know, and we're about to start a whole new season and ladder positions are, oh, they're open. You know, this is the, this is an opportunity for people to get a, for smart brands to get a jump on their, on their, on their opposition by understanding, by going back and thinking, what's the market? What's the segment? What segment am I after? Am I really after that segment? Which of those segments are going to be most profitable for me? How will I target the, those particular segments? How will I target the people in those segments? What's the position that I'm going to want in that segment that's going to be most profitable for me that allows me to make the most margin so I can continue operating once this shit storm's over? JD, uh, tell, me, tell me about a second first impression. Oh, Oh, I I love this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the one of the things that drives advertising and drives marketing, I believe, is the Byron Sharp and the and the and the funky bunch at Ehrenberg Bass Institute yeah. have this lovely quote in their book, and it's all about building memory structures. Like we 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 seem to be. Uh, the whole point of uh, of marketing is to build these structures, these memory structures in the mind. So those memory structures, which are both physical, like there's physical representations of that, which is your all your brand assets and you know what's your packaging and what are your what are your iconic, what's the colours, what's the smells, what's the what's the what's the experience feel like? Yeah, and all of those are combined help you build the build memory of what your promise is in the minds of the consumer. So they're the cues, JD. Yeah. They're the cues that people will look for when you're walking down the, the supermarket aisle and you see product A and product B and product A is the one that you remember that you prefer. Yeah. And so this preference is, is driven by memory. So salient so, is what we're looking for. The degree yeah. to which your brand's thought of relative to the competition when you're actually ready to buy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by building these memory structures, you allow people to go, oh, that's right, it was that one. Yeah. That's right, it was that one. I'll take that again. It's yeah. that one. I'll take that again. And that's and that's where we're that's what that's what that's the the memory has this incredible role in advertising and marketing. It's stories that that brands tell are all about helping people remember their brand promise and remember the salience of that promise to their lives. Yeah. So it goes back to that whole thing about selling. It's like not what not why you should buy this, it's how does my product help you live a better life. Yeah. But we know that unsupported memory structures, whether they're artificial, whether they're whether they're whether they're uh, internal, or whether they're artificially created, like marketing is about creating memory structures. Memory structures, if they're unsupported, will crumble. Yep. And we've got a, this massive hole in the market where memory structures are being eroded, and people are forgetting the promises of brands that are no longer being as active as they were and no longer being as relevant because there is this fear that they, there will need to be this new sense of relevance when the market fires back up again. Yeah. And if, if we can, if, if, if memory structures continue to crumble as they, as they will, because they're unsupported, there's an opportunity for brands that were not the leading brand to make a second first impression, to make a new first impression, to make a first impression on a new market because the market will be emerging. They will be, what do I do? What was my habit? Like that whole thing about habits, memories and habits are just a shortcut for remembering stuff. So it's like, I know how to tie my shoe, it's habit, but I remember because of the habit that I've formed. And so shopping habits will be disrupted. There will, there's a huge amount of disruption that, and, and once it all fires up and the market and the, and the, you know, the market's back up again, market forces will be what market forces are. But, but while it's picking up, while the, while the, while the, while the market is firing back up again, what is the first impression you want to make to your market segment that will help you get the biggest amount of that segment to make you your business the most profitable most profitable it can be when when once the market fires up again so there is an there is an unbelievable opportunity for people who who want for, for marketing people and for business people who want to move their market position. It's so hard to move market position like that, like the, the, um, you need to, you need to outspend the market. You need to outspend where you like, if you normally, if you spend what you normally spend, you'll sit where you normally sit. Yep. And in order to move up the, up the, the ladder, up in order to get more market share, you've got to advertise more. You've got to spend more in awareness and then spend more in converting that awareness. And, you know, there's a whole, yeah. there's a whole buddy bone to pick there. That, bone, you know, yeah. yeah, we can chew on that another time. Yeah. But the, but the, the, if you want to get a, if you want to get a leap, if you want to get a free rise in the market, make a better first impression when we get out. But remember, there's going to be a lot of people making a lot of noise 
and saying, over here, over here, kick it to me, kick it to me, kick it to me. You know, and we need to, you need to, you need to be aware that there's going to be a shitload of people desperately wanting to do stuff. And the opportunity is to think, what's the best first impression I can make when this is all over and to whom am I going to make that first impression and how will I, how can I leverage that first impression into more business? Yeah. And that is the, that's, that's my bone for this week. How about you? It's been great, JD. I've, uh, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, the first picking of our bone and I do look forward to the next <laughs> one. Me. We have to be very careful how we say it. <laughs> yeah, we, do. we have to be very, very careful. It's, a, it's an advertising and marketing bone with which we pick. But uh, <laughs> for this week, it's been fantastic. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to the next one.